This is a production of the Z-Talk Radio Network. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect those of Z-Talk Radio, its affiliates, or sponsors. Wow. It's dark. Well, let's have some light on the subject. I think you hurt my head real bad. I'm dizzy. I need a doctor. Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio here on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. And again, I must apologize for the sporadic nature of this show and how often I get an episode out. Things have been happening. Uh, I will talk about some of it uh, this week so you'll know some of what's going on. Uh, but before I get to that, I want to make a correction. Uh, a couple shows back, I talked about Thurl Ravenscroft. Remember him? Thurl Ravenscroft. He's the guy who sang the song in the animated uh, Christmas special on television, the uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas special. Uh, he sang the song, You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch. And he also provided the voice for Tony the Tiger in the uh, commercials for uh, Frosted Flakes. He'd be the one that, you know, the tiger that says, they're great, you know, that, that guy. Okay, he did that. But uh, I have to thank a friend of mine, uh, Jeff, from over there in the UK. He's a member of the Gooch Squad, or are we the Perineum Posse? Or is it Team Taint? Anyway, he's a member of the Gooch Squad who lives over there in the UK. He had listened to that show, and he sent me a message. He said... Thurl Ravenscroft did not do the voice of Baloo, the uh, bear, in the classic animated uh, Disney film, um, The Jungle Book. It was not Thurl Ravenscroft. It was a, a performer, actor named Phil Harris. Phil Harris did the voice. And once he told me that, I went, ooh, yes, you are right. And then, of course, I checked it to double make sure I was right. Or he was right. And he was right. And that's a correction. So Thurl Ravenscroft did not provide the voice of Baloo. It was Phil Harris. There. See? I can correct mistakes. And when I'm wrong and things, I can do that. <clears throat> so, um... Uh, before I get on this lengthy tale, first and foremost, know that as I record this show, he is still alive. I want you to know that right away so you're not thinking, oh my God, where's this going? He's still alive. Alright? So, as you know, listening to my show, that um, uh, you know that my wife and I have moved back in with my dad, or... For her, it's her first time moving with him, living with him. For me, it's moving back because, you know, it's my dad. And I lived in that house for a long time. Anyway, Amy and I have moved back in in order to uh, help dad stay in his house for as long as possible. He's 88 years old. He has uh, type 2 diabetes and, uh, or diabetes. And uh, he, uh, you know, he needs a little help in just... Stay, you know, in getting around. Well, he gets around okay, uses a walker and all that, but he just, to make sure he stays on his meds and gets to the things that he needs to get to and all that kind of thing. And he's been, you know, been pretty good. Um, I wasn't sure if I'd go this far back, but I'm going to do it. Uh, about three weeks ago, uh, there, was a, uh, there was a weekend that had uh, uh, some... Uh, uh, seriousness. Uh, Saturday morning, uh, we woke up. It's, well, our routine is this. Um, I'll get up around 7 o'clock or so, pretty much every morning. And Dad gets up around the same time. 
sometimes he gets up before me and he gets out and he does his morning routine. He gets his, his morning pills and he, and, and he checks his weight. He checks his blood sugar and all that. We have a board, a dry erase board up on the, one of the cupboard doors that my sister put there with a list of things that need to be done, part of the daily routine. There's the morning routine and the evening routine. And it's a, it's a, it's a, we check it off as it gets done. And at the bottom of the board, there's the name, the, the day of the week and the date. Change so every, uh, every night before I go to bed, I will just you know clear off all the check marks and change the date to the next day. So there's the you know check your blood sugar in the morning, check your, you know check your weight and just check these things off. And in the evening, there's other things that uh, you know again check the blood sugar take the evening insulin there's the morning insulin there's all these check marks that we need to do and dad would get up sometimes before me and he'd already have most of that stuff taken care of and i'd come out and i'd look at the board and and he'd check things off or if he hadn't checked them off and said what have you done so far and you know and we you know take it from there and that's been working right okay so uh one saturday morning i was just getting up uh well no we uh both amy and i were and the dog were awoken is that the word? By hearing my dad struggling, he was uh, gasping a little bit. He had he had fallen on the floor in the bathroom, uh, face down. His head was near the toilet. His feet were out to the bathroom door, and he was trying to get up. And so we got out, and there he is. And, and so I, you know, eventually we get him up off the floor and get him onto his bed, change his clothes, clean up the mess in the bathroom, and check his blood sugar. Not necessarily all in that order, but I checked his blood sugar, and it was low. It was, I think, 41. If you're below 60, that's that's the eyebrows should be going up. Ooh, that's a little low. Now, Dad sometimes does run a little bit below 60 in the morning, but not too terribly low below 60. But this morning, 41. So okay, his blood sugar is way down. We got to do something. We got to, you know, get some, get his pills into him, give him some applesauce, get him some, some food, and eventually got breakfast into him. And after that, he was fine. Everything was back in, uh, in at an even keel. And uh, so okay, whew, that was, uh, that was uh, you know, a little crazy. But well, let's just, uh, let's just see what happens tomorrow morning. <laughs> Sunday morning, he again was up just before I got up. He was in the bathroom. Uh, we have two bathrooms in the house, one in the basement. My wife and I, when uh, when Dad's there, uh, which he always is, uh, we use the bathroom down in the basement so as the first floor bathroom stays open for Dad. So he doesn't have to, you know, wait for somebody to get out of the bathroom because at his age, waiting isn't always an option. you got to get in that bathroom right now. Uh, so anyway, so he's, he's in there. Uh, he's got the door open. I don't poke my head in to see what he's doing but I can but I kind of glance in a little bit and I can see his feet on the floor and I say ah he's having to sit down okay fine I head downstairs I do my thing I can hear him kind of shuffling a little bit and maybe a cough or two but you know and I head upstairs and I stay at the end of the hall I can see his feet in the bathroom I can see them sitting there and they're moving around a little bit and I can see the shadow of his head going up and down you know, it's kind of going forward and to the side and up and uh, and and I could just hear him shifting a little bit and I'm thinking okay is he is he finishing up is he I don't know so I wait like 30 seconds or something I wait and watch and I don't see I'm okay now I'm getting concerned so then I go in I poke my head in the door and say dad and his head lolls up at, in my direction his eyes are not really focusing are you okay uh, he can barely respond, and I, I know something's going on, so I tell him, stay where you are. Don't try to get up. Just sit there. Don't try to get up. So I quickly go get his blood sugar tester. I check it. It's 43, so still, that's, I mean, way low. So, okay, i got to get his blood sugar up. So applesauce, a little candy bar. I give him his meds. I get, you know, We use applesauce to give him his meds, so I'm figuring this stuff is getting into him. And eventually, after a few things uh, of to, to, to eat, he starts to become a little more aware. But, but you know, I'm telling you, while this is going on, he'd look at me and his eyes are just, you can tell he's not really focusing on me. He, he's just barely aware of anything. And so finally he starts to come around. And so I can get him up and I get him into his bedroom and I clean him up and, and I start getting the morning routine stuff going with him there and he lays down and and then so I call my older brother 
after this happened. And I just, because uh, I'm thinking, I think I might have to call, there's a nurse line that we can call. Uh, I might have to do that, but I wanted to just talk to my older brother to keep him informed of what's going on and just to, you know, sort of get the, yeah, you ought to call the doctor. He's, actually, my brother said, call the doctor's office. Uh, you should be able to get through or get to somebody. So got off the phone, called the doctor's office. I uh, was put on the line with a triage nurse. I explained what was going on, and she said, ooh, okay, his blood sugar is too low. And she gave me some uh, advice of what to do. She says, this is what you need to do. Before he goes to bed, like a half hour or so before bedtime, he should have a snack. And the snack should not just be a sugary snack. It should be something with protein and carbs. So it would be, she said, peanut butter and toast, fruit and cheese, uh, but I ended up uh, picking up a bunch of the, uh, my older brother suggested Ensure, which is this, this adult, well, it's not necessarily just for adults, but it helps, uh, helps manage uh, diabetes and that, because it's, it's protein and carbs. It's a little shake drink that you can, that, that you can take. And uh, so I went out and picked some, up some of that, and I would give him a bottle or maybe half a bottle uh, in the evening. And then she said, 15 minutes after he's had his snack, check his blood sugar again. Do this for a few nights just to see how it's going. If the blood sugar number is below 100, give him another snack. She also suggested uh, the evening insulin dose, backing it off a little bit. And I talked to him. I wasn't sure about that, but I talked to my older brother. He says, you know, that might not be a bad... I mean, if the nurse is saying that it, it, it can be done and if it's something we're comfortable with, he says, why don't we try that? Back it, back it off to what the nurse said to do and give him that snack. And, and then tomorrow, Monday, we'll, we'll talk to the doctor. And, you know, his, my, my older brother just got, uh, both my bro older brother and I, we have medical power of attorney with my dad. Uh, my brother is like the first on that. So, you know, like his decision comes first. Unless he's not available, then I make decisions. So he did talk to the doctor the next day. The doctor said that is exactly what you should do. You know, both the insulin ad adjustment and the snack before bed, and it was working. It was, it was, it was. There was one morning where it got a little bit low, and he was a little bit confused, but it wasn't nearly like he was that one weekend. Now, what can happen when your blood sugar is too low for too long is you can slip into a coma, and you could possibly die. So, right there, it's a good thing that Amy and I were there because if he was there by himself, who knows? So that was, that was like three weeks ago. Let's go to last sa Sunday. Last Sunday. Now the, the nighttime snack was working. He was, uh, you know, having better blood sugars in the morning. Uh, sometimes, yes, yeah, sometimes they'd be below 60, but not a lot below 60, and he seems to still have a fairly clear head uh, but when then he'd get his breakfast and he'd get right, you know, right where he should be. Um, it was Sunday morning. Uh, I got up and uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember how everything went. Um, I went downstairs to use the bathroom. I could hear Dad shuffling a little bit up there, and I went up and I found him. He's sitting on the sides of his bed, and he's. Uh, you can tell he's trying to catch his breath. Now, this is not something unusual. He does have a, a touch of the COPD. I think that's the right letters. Uh, um, where his breathing is not great, so he takes an in. There's a, a daily inhaler thing he takes in the morning, and then there's a an emergency inhaler that he takes usually in the morning as well. But he takes a couple puffs on that. So I said, "Do you need uh, you need a little puff thing?" He says, "Yeah, that's probably good." So I gave him that, and then he tells me he said he had gotten up to uh, get some clothes off the dresser. You know, or over by the dresser. It's not that many steps, and he does it all the time. And so he, but he lost his balance, and he caught himself by grabbing the dresser, and kept himself from falling. And but then, and then he made it. He said somehow I made it back to the bed to sit down. I said okay. So um, I checked his blood sugar. It was fine, 78, fine. I said okay, that's good. And I said, he has, I, how are you feeling? He says, I don't feel good. He says, I just, you know, having a hard time catching my breath, which again was not terribly unusual, but this was a little bit up from his norm, you know, the difficulty. And then he, um, uh, he said, I had him lay down 
And I thought, well, let's get your pills in you. So I give him the app with the applesauce and the pills, and he takes those. And then I give him his insulin. And I'm thinking, you know, jeez, uh, I should try and get some food in him. Dad, would you like some toast or something? He says, ah, I think I just want to rest here. And I said, okay. And I said, no. And then I let him have a few minutes and, or a couple minutes, and I go, like, get dressed. or you know, And I come back and check on him. And at one point, he had, uh, when I had gone off to do something and came back, he had grabbed his trash can. He was holding it under his head. Uh, lying on his side in the bed and he was coughing up into it and some spittle and stuff was coming out and I helped clean him up and I said okay I'm checking I'm feeling his forehead he doesn't feel like he has a fever I feel the back you know the his back just below his neck you know that's another place where you know, get a check for if he's warm he doesn't feel like he's running a fever uh, I go get the thermometer it's a digital thing I put it in and you know in his mouth and then I wait to whatever and it said 94.8 I said well he's not running a fever but boy 94.8 can that be right um, I wait a little bit and I think well I better check this thing on me so I checked it on the thermometer on me just to make sure it wasn't running low and it was 97.8 or something like that for me, which is, you know, 98.6 is what we all grew up with. But that's just, that's that's not really, if some people run a little higher, some people run a little lower as their normal temperature. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not set in stone that that's what your temperature should be. But that's a, a, a good marker. You know, so if you're a little up, a little low, it's not terrible. Okay, but he was 94.8. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. And he doesn't feel well, and he does say something about a little pain in his chest. And I said, okay, uh, are you feeling pain in your arms, numbness, anything like that? No. And I said, how's your stomach? His stomach is fine. I said, okay. And he's like, I said, all right, well, um, uh, hang on, you know, <laughs> just get some rest. So I call my older brother again. And again, it's, it's like that last time with the blood sugar thing. I was thinking, okay, let's talk to Bob first. Let him know what's going on. Get his uh, get his backup uh, and saying, uh, should I call the doctor? Because I was think I was about to do that. And he said, yes, call the doctor. It can't hurt. So I did. So I called the doctor and I talked to the nurse. And I'm going to tell you the rest when I come back from this break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. Oh, I know, it's a terrible thing just to put a break in the middle, but I need to rest my voice, you know. Uh, you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z-Talk Radio Network. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. I shall return after this break. Other guys. The finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Valtor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Z Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and of course, skepticism. Join Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Remember, there's no hugging in the chat room. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. If this station is not your cup of tea, then drink coffee! 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 Drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guarantee. Thought you might say that. <laughs> You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network.
And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Simmons. I was telling you about uh, a certain challenge I had with my dad this past Sunday as I record this show on, what's the date? Uh, today is uh, October 21st. Hey, it's October. Oh, it's October. Greatest month of the year. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> I'm just going to start uh, uh, waxing poetically about uh, the greatest month of the year. Anyway, uh, so I call uh, the doctor's office. I get on with a nurse. I'm telling the nurse all the stuff that's been going on, and I mention his temperature. I said it was 94.8. And she asked me, can you check his temperature again? So I go in, I sit on the bed, and I say, all right, Dad, i got to check your temperature. So I, I get that done. And the readout is 94.2. And the nurse said, call an ambulance. At that point, she said, call an ambulance. She said, that's hypothermic. That's not good. She said something about sepsis. But, you know, I, I'm after I'm here, I'm just hearing echoing in my head, call an ambulance, call an ambulance. Call an ambulance. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Uh, so I, I said, okay, all right. So I got off the phone. I dialed 911. And within minutes, an ambulance and a fire truck uh, arrive at our house. I don't know how it is around the country, but here in the Twin Cities, or at least in St. Paul, uh, a medical emergency, you'll get an ambulance and a fire truck. Don't know why. That's just how they do it. Uh, I'll ask. Uh, I'll see if I can figure that out. I, my, there's a friend of mine that used to be an uh, emergency response person. Uh, she's now a physician's assistant. I could ask her why do they do it, or I could look it up. I'll let you know if I find out. <clears throat> anyway, so there's there's three strapping young lads in each of the vehicles. So they got, I got six of these guys that come into the house, and they go into Dad's bedroom, and I stand off in the corner. I pull stuff out of the way for them, and I stand in the corner and I just watch. I don't. I'm not peppering them with questions. I'm just. I'm just there. If they needed any answers, I give them answers. If they, you know, whatever. Otherwise, I'm out, I'm staying out of their way. They're doing their thing. They hook them up to a heart monitor machine. The the very same type of machine that I was hooked up to in January when I had overexerted myself shoveling snow for like two and a half hours, and I thought I was having some heart problem, and it turns out I wasn't having any heart problem. It's just overexertion. So anyway, so they get dad checked out and they say okay what hospital do you want to go to and uh, uh, I, I tell him which hospital my dad prefers it's a hospital that we are that we his the kids of my parents uh, uh, have gotten to know pretty well because my mother was there for a long time and my dad has just been there in and out uh, more this year uh, anyway so they get him on a little stretcher thing, and they, they the four of them carry him out to outside. They put him on a gurney and then into the ambulance, and off they go. There are three guys left behind with the fire truck, and one of them comes up to me and says, "Okay, do you do did you catch what was happening? Do you hear?" And I said, "Well, I heard a lot of technical talk," and he explained to me he said, "Your father is having a heart event," um, and then he says, "Like a minor heart attack," he says. They're going to work on him in the ambulance as they take him to the hospital, and then he's going to go right in. And then one of the other fellows said to me, he says, now, we know that you're going to want to go down and see your dad, but uh, you don't have to hurry. He says, it's going to take some time before they, you know, before the, you're, they're even going to let you near him. So, you know, do what you need to do here. You know, take a little time and get down there, which is what I did. I ended up getting there afternoon. Uh, so I go in, I go into the emergency room uh, area, and I tell them I'm here for my dad. And they said, okay, well, he's still, you know, there's things going on still. Just go ahead and wait in the waiting room. So I go in and I sit down at near TV that had the Vikings game on. Hey, by the way, the Vikings won. <laughs> they won that day. It was a not a pretty game offensively. Uh, the, the, the offense was just... Ugh. But the defense was pretty good. Both teams' defense was pretty good. The uh, Vikings were playing Chicago. I believe they were in Chicago, and uh, and, and there's a couple of us in the waiting room watching this. And um, and oh, let me tell you, an, an emergency room waiting room uh, is its own special experience. Um, just a little sidebar here. There was a fellow there uh, and a woman, uh, a man and woman. I, I will assume they were a, they were a couple, married 
maybe, but um, that's what, my assumption. Maybe it was his brother, her brother, brother sister thing. I don't know, but I have a feeling that they were together because just yeah, that they were a couple. So uh, at one point, and, and she seems to be the patient, and they're just waiting there. And she got up and she went into the restroom, which is just around the corner. I mean, it's just right steps away. It's a single seater, as we call it in the janitor biz, just one toilet and no urinal. And uh, and so um, she goes in there, and a little bit later, a nurse goes in there. And they're in there for a little bit, and the nurse comes out, and the woman comes out and sits down, uh, and then a, a, a cleaning person comes over and goes into the restroom. And I heard the woman, who was with in, in the couple, mention to somebody, she just had a miscarriage. I mean, right there. <laughs> and I, ugh. So, uh, anyway, <laughs> and we're watching the Vikings game. <clears throat> uh, so, that's the that's that's wonderfulness. Uh, um, then I get a phone call from the surgeon. Uh, she called to let me know that uh, you know Dad came through the surgery fine and what had happened. She said he had a major heart attack. One of his arteries, there's three main arteries that come off the heart. Uh, one of them was 100% clogged. So they put a stint in there and they did some other stuff, uh, other couple of things there. Um, which interestingly enough, they they did not he didn't open his chest to do the operation. They went in through his wrist, his right wrist, which is fortunate for him because he's left-handed. But you know he's not doing much writing as it is anyway. Uh, and so they go in and they get that taken care of. She said we got the blood flow again, but you know there's going to be recovery time. There's going to be whatever it's going to be. And she said I would get a call from an ICU nurse to let me know. You know when I can come up and see him. Okay, fine. So, hang up. Watch the rest of the Vikings game. Vikings win. Game's over. I haven't heard anything from anybody. So I, I mean, and that d doctor called me f relatively quickly after I got there. Uh, but then, so I go up and I ask, and they and they find out. Oh, he's already in a room in the ICU. Here's where he is. And then you know that somebody escorts me to the elevators that I need to go to, and and then you know I went on up. And I saw Dad, and uh, Dad was—he was tired. He was, but he was fairly alert. And one of the things that he had said to me a couple of times, he'd said, "He says I can't. I just went right in. You know, they brought me into the hospital. I just go right in. Uh, there was—I didn't wait or anything." And I said, "Well, Dad, that's the advantage of having a heart attack. You get to the front of the line. There's no waiting for you. You're having a heart attack. They got to get you in and work on you right away." So dad's been in the hospital since then. And how is he? I don't know. Uh, his kidneys started to have problems, but his kidneys were already somewhat, pro had some problems beforehand. Uh, he, his, his, his cognitiveness level he was already not super great. You know, he was not terrible. He'd remember doctor's appointments and he knew when church was and, you know, and he'd be able to get himself there and back and he, you know, he had that going. But, you know, just not completely on target like he used to be. So he was off there cognitively. He's off. His kidneys function is not great. And I'm telling you, we went through a week, uh, you know, the first couple of days, like the, the, the Monday after the surgery and all that, it was like, well, he's kind of, you know, he's tired and a little out of it, and kidneys seem a little, mm, little, little off. And then there was talk of dialysis by that evening, and that they'd have to put him on that. And Tuesday, my, I, I, I put a message up with the group chat that the siblings have, and I said, is there any news about Dad? And then my sister called me. She said she was heading in, and she said, yeah, it's, this is it. You know, this is, uh, we're going to talk palliative care and all that. Unless Dad wants to do dialysis, we're, you know, it, it's his body shutting down. So that was a rough morning for me, kids, let me tell you. Uh, but then... As the day went on, there was, you know, he'd been on some meds to help with his kidney function, 
and his kidneys started to function again. They didn't need to do the dialysis. It's still a possibility. His, but he's still showing some confusion, showing some of that. Uh, I, I did not see him Monday or Tuesday. I saw him Wednesday, saw him Thursday. Um, and I told my older brother last night, he came by the house to pick up some stuff that uh, he, he deals with for dad. And we were talking about, you know, I, you know, I, I, I'd been telling Amy, I said, Dad does not look anything like he did after surgery. Now, after surgery, he was tired and he was kind of out of it and all that. But he was, to me, seemed so much more alert. And I said to Amy, I didn't see him Monday and Tuesday. I don't know how bad he got. My older brother did. My sister did. I, so I don't know how bad it got. But I saw him on Wednesday, and I said, he, "He's, you know, they're saying he's improved. He's improved, but he seemed worse than he was on Sunday to me." But again, I didn't see how bad he got to see what the improvement was like. And it's been teetering. He improves in some ways, not so good in other ways. Yesterday was not a great day for him cognitively. Uh, but it's just, and I talked to my older brother, and he just said, uh, he said, we don't know. He's, it's like, it could go anyway. It could be, he comes home. He recovers enough, he can come home. Well, that's doubtful. It'll be probably going into transition care to help strengthen him up, and then, then see if he can come home. Or hospice. So I don't know. He's 88 years old. He's had a heart attack, a major heart attack. He's got some kidney issues, although they seem to be doing much better now. I just don't know. So, that's part of what's been going on. And, I, how do I say this without <laughs> sounding like I'm self-aggrandizing? I'm, I'm thankful that Amy and I were there. Because if we hadn't been there, the low blood sugar mornings that one weekend, Dad could have slipped into a coma and died. Uh, if we hadn't been there last Sunday, he's having a heart attack. Uh, he and if he'd got himself back to bed and just laid down and said, "I just need some rest. I just need some rest," he'd have died. If I and if and I have to be thankful for my older brother, who backed me up in my ideas. I think I should probably call the doctor again. Uh, and he said, "Oh yeah, you know, you know it's not going to hurt." Because if I would have thought, well, he just I don't know, maybe he's got a cold, or maybe it's the flu, or maybe he's got COVID. You know, just just let him rest, and I'll go get a COVID test later, and we'll test and see if he's got it, or you know, things like that. That was going through my mind, but then nah, talk to your brother. See what he thinks. Should I call the doctor? I was thinking I probably should, but you know, it, it just. I'm glad I was there. And if it's, if if this if this is the final days, if this if this, this is that moment part of his life, if it's what it ends up being, well, um, you know getting him this time being there to deal with the heart attack has given everybody a chance to see him you know to, for him to be alive even if it's I don't know it's it's rough this is the thing you get to as it's older and then I think about well what's going to be like if he comes back to the house how are we going to handle that is it going to be the same as it was before going in is it going to be worse is it going to be in a wheelchair is it is it is it going to be possible for him to be in this house I don't know and I guess we'll find out. Oh, and this, uh, as a depressing <laughs> sidebar, uh, the Saturday before uh, Dad's um, heart attack, my wife and I went to my high school class reunion. It's been 40 years since I graduated high school. And... Uh, the next day, I found out from uh, a fellow classmate who wasn't able to attend the reunion. Uh, she sent me a message and she, she told me about a fellow classmate of ours 
who I didn't recognize the name. I didn't know them, which is not, you know, it's not me being, you know, standoffish, stuck up jerk face. It's just that I was in a class that had like 380 kids. <laughs> you didn't, I just didn't know everybody. <clears throat> Most people knew me because, you know, I was an artist and painting on murals on the school walls. And I'm sure, you know, a lot of people in my class knew me, but I just didn't know everybody. I'm not saying everybody knew me, but yeah. I didn't know her. And what had happened was she was at the reunion, this, this fellow classmate of ours. And uh, uh, my the, the one that was telling me about this, she sent me a picture of her from the class reunion. I said, oh yeah, I saw her. I saw her there. Didn't talk to her, but I saw her there. And I showed it to my wife and she said, yeah, I, I saw her there. And um, turns out she, she went to the reunion and she hopefully had a good time. She went home. She went to bed, she had a heart attack, and she died. Which is crazy because, you know, we're all about the same age, right? Uh, I, and, and so it, that quickly, there she is, she's living life, she's seeing people, having a good time, and then it's done. And I didn't get a chance to check out the in-memoriam table with all the candles and pictures of classmates that we've lost over the years. I, I, I'd gone by it, but I didn't have a chance to really stop and look at it. Uh, Amy and I were there for about four hours. And, 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 you know, I caught up with a friend of mine that I've been trying to get a hold of, but hadn't been able to until we saw him at the reunion. Uh, and enjoyed ourselves, but we said, well, we got to get back to take care of the dog and take care of the old man. To which I think... Thankfully, the heart attack thing happened the next morning and not while Amy and I were gone because we could have come home to Dad not being there anymore. We could have come home to that. But we didn't. So, yeah. <sighs> but the high school reunion was fun. <laughs> and I, I, I usually play this little thing, but I don't have the sounder set up. But uh, the day before our... Um, our, my high school reunion was Amy's and my wedding anniversary. We've been married for 22 years. Friday the 13th, October 13th, Astrologers Put Your Charts Away, is Amy's and my anniversary. And uh, so, uh, you know, 22 years, pretty good. Still love each other. <laughs> Still enjoy each other's company. Uh, so, you know, that's all. Congratulations to us. Oh, and one other thing of the class reunion, I was able to get a picture, a grouping, uh, a group picture of the Royal Order of the November 14th. Uh, those are the classmates that I have and myself who have all been born on the same day and the same year, November 14th, 1964. Again, astrologers, leave those charts alone. Uh, the three of us were all born that same day. Uh, it's funny though. Uh, you know, there's Kelly and Joyce. Kelly is a uh, is a dude. Joyce is a is, is a chick. And uh, uh, it's funny though. We we're all born on the same day, but Joyce is 39. I don't know how that happens. Oh, I know. I'm just making a joke about women's vanity of age, which I don't know. Is it still a thing? I don't even know if it's still a thing. But anyway, I uh, got that picture, and then we try to figure out who was the oldest of the group, and we think it might be Joyce uh, because uh, both because I think. Uh, I was born in the afternoon, and Kelly knew he was born in the afternoon, and uh, she was born in the morning. But it's possible I was born way early in the morning. I'm trying to remember, because my mom used to make a joke about a certain time of day on my birthday. She'd say, oh, I was feeling those labor pains. I was feeling, oh, Jim must be coming into the world. I was feeling those labor pains. So, you know, she'd make that joke. Well, <clears throat> hug your loved ones. Let them know you love them. Because they may not be here long. And uh, you wouldn't want to leave that matzo ball hanging out there or something. I don't know. I'm going to head to my next break. And then I've got some things to complain about later. <laughs> You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I shall return.
When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. Wash your hands often to reduce the spread of germs and disease. To wash your hands properly, wet them, apply a quarter-sized amount of liquid soap, and rub them together for about the time it takes to sing the happy birthday song twice. Wash the front and back, in between your fingers, and under your nails. Dry them with a paper towel if possible, and then use the paper towel to turn off the faucet and open the door. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. A message from the CDC. But we give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network. Back to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Sports ballers, beware. We have made it to the postseason of baseball, and I have to talk about it a little bit. Just a little bit. Uh, the Minnesota Twins, the owners of the record, uh, the, the, the ig, uh, ignominious, if that's the right word, record of uh, having lost the most times in a row in the postseason, 18 games in a row in a postseason, stretching back like 19 years. The last time they won a playoff game was in 2004. It was against the hated Yankees. It was the first game of a series against them. And then they haven't won one since. And they've gone 0-18 oh in the postseason. It's a, it's a terrible record to have. It's the longest losing streak in the postseason of any of the North American major sports that there are. Longest. It's a record that they hold. Also, they are now tied. I just learned this. They are now tied for the home run king team uh, with 307 home runs. The Twins uh, did that in like tw- uh, 2019. It was the year of the juice ball, and the home and the Twins and the Yankees were hitting home runs like crazy, and the Twins ended up winning uh, the the record of 307 home runs. Well, that got tied this year. I thought that record was going to last for a long time. It lasted what four years, and the Atlanta Braves came along and hit the same number of home runs this season, 307. What are they going to do? At least the Twins still have the record, but it, now they have to share it. All right, so um, the Twins won the American League Central uh, Division, and that meant that they made it into the playoffs, and they would have to play in a wild card round uh, because they had the worst record of the three division-winning teams uh, in the American League, and so they play in the wild card round, while the other two division-winning teams get to wait for a few days, a week, before they had to play. And we were just, uh, Twins fans were just like, okay, okay, just please, just break the streak. Just break the streak. Please break the streak. And they did. They played the Toronto Blue Jays uh, in a best-of-three game series. The Twins won the, uh, both the first two games. They swept the series. They broke the, the streak. They moved on to the second round of playoffs. They got into the divisional uh, uh, series uh, against the uh, Houston Astros, or as we call them, the Houston Cheaters. And the Twins lost that series. Uh, it's a best of five. Uh, the the game uh, the series went four games, and the Twins won one, which was good. And but it just uh, you know it just wasn't meant to be. But we if, if I can speak for Minnesota, Minnesota Twins fans, we feel pretty good about it. You know, we we didn't you know, the, the the pitching staff is not it's pretty good, and and it's just that. Our hitting sort of slumped a little, but there's a po- good possibility for next season to see how well they'll do. We'll see. We'll see what can happen. But 
overall, you 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 end an 18 game losing streak. That's good, and uh, managed to make it to a second round in the playoffs. That's good. So and, and they won their division, so that's cool. And uh, so I, I, I mentioned that, and uh, somebody uh, commented, and I think this person is a listener to this show. I think they are. And they were saying so many, uh, the, I think the point that this person was making was that so many teams now make it in because they have three wildcard teams from each league. You know, you got the American League and the National League. They got three wildcard teams that get in. And so there's that wildcard round, best of three games. You have that. And I. And it's it's like you know so it's like it, it, it's not the best team that ends up winning the World Series. It's like a lottery, and they get in, and you know if you're lucky, you win. You know, I, I think that's the point they were making, and I disagreed. I thought it's 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 a chance to get you know the best teams in each division make it in because they won the division. But then you've got teams like a team like the Twins, who had a record of 87 and 75. That was their season record. Not stellar but a winning record good enough to win the AL Central which is which was a weak division but you've got other teams like the Toronto Blue Jays and uh, and the Texas Rangers both of those teams won 90 games in the season and they didn't win their divisions they had teams above them that had won the divisions the Tampa Bay Rays won 99 games and they came in second in their division. They they finished second to the the Baltimore Orioles, who won 102 games. So, if we did this old system and didn't have a wild card round, and you just say, okay, the first round of the playoffs is the uh, uh, the two division winning teams with the the you know the the number two and number three records, they play each other in a series. Then the winner of that one plays the number one team, you know, the number one record in the in the divisions, you know, the leaders. And then they go, you know, and then that determines who goes to the, soup, uh, to the World Series. Fine, that's that's that way of doing it. But this way, you get a chance for teams that had a better record than one of the division winners to be a part of it, to sh- and have a, a chance to make a run at it, and and more baseball. You know, in the old, old, old days, when the two leagues before they they merged. And, and even before the World Series, the World Series started in 1904, I think it was. Before that, the way it was done was you had, I don't know, you had eight teams in each league. I think it was like eight or nine teams. They'd play, they wouldn't play between leagues. They'd just play within their own league. The American League teams would all play each other. And the team with the best record at the end of the 154 games or whatever it was at the, in those days, the team with the best record was the champion. There was no playoffs. If there was a tie, if that ever happened, then the two teams that tied would have a one-game playoff, as it were, or a championship game, and the, a tiebreaker game. And the team that won that, won. they were the champs. But then the World Series came along, and I think, much like the Super Bowl, the first few uh, were not, you know, technically the, the, the absolute champion. The, the ones where, where they won the pennant. That was the thing. They win the pennant. It was so exciting to win the pennant because for years and years and years, that was the championship, was the pennant. But then World Series came along, and it was uh, you, you win your pennant because uh, all the teams in the American League would play each other, all the teams in the National League would play each other, and the best team in each of those leagues would win the pennant, and then those two teams would meet in a World Series, and they'd win the championship, and they can call themselves the world champions, even though it's just America. Uh, now Canada, too, but... All right, so fine. That's how it was for a long time. But then more teams got added into the thing, and the baseball people said, well, you know, we could have more games. We could have, we'll split these these leagues into divisions. So we did an East and West. And the best team, best record in the East, and the best record in the West, they'd face each other off in, in, a, in a league championship series, and the winner of that game would then go into the World Series. And then more teams got added in. They decided, let's do another round, a wild card round, and all that. So it just means more baseball. <laughs> and, you know, more... It, it is... I do see the point that the uh, that my Facebook friend was making was that it's kind of like what the, 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 the thing about uh, professional hockey. It's like half the teams make the, the, make the postseason. And you think, well, what's the point of the regular season? Well, the regular season is determined which half of the teams make it in. It's, that's what it's there for. And it's entertainment. It's for entertaining. So... 
you know, I think I, I, I like the system as it is now. I think it gives us a chance, and the Twins did pretty well. And the best aspect of the entire postseason, almost the best, the second best, because the Twins breaking the streak, that's the best aspect. And making it to a second round, that's good. Uh, it's uh, at the, But the second best is that the New York Yankees, the hated Yankees, didn't even make the playoffs. So, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> anyway. Um, <clears throat> what have I got here? What, how much time have I got? Can I, I, am I going to go long? I think I might go long. Because I got this thing <clears throat> here to get through. And it's, 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 it's almost an arg for me, but I'm not going to play the sound because I don't have it queued up. So it's almost an arg. But, uh, oh, what's this list? What does this say? Oh, here's another note. Oh, Lauren Boebert. Good on a date. Hmm. Especially at a play with families. Hmm. Interesting note. Hmm. I was going to talk about that some time ago, I guess, but uh, uh, it's lost its moment. All right. I found this list on Facebook. I don't know <laughs> where the list came from. Uh, it, it, it's it's a list that uh, that's uh, purporting to show... The ranking of the best TV shows of all time. The best TV shows of all time. Now, let's, for the sake of my bit here, you know, television goes back to, I think, the 1920s. There were televisions, right? But TV shows go back to, like, the 1950s, right? Okay, so if we figure from the 1950s to today, that's all time for television. Okay? All right, I'm going to read you this list of 50, and I want you to see... I'm already kind of setting up. You should, probably should be queuing in on what's going on here. I want you to see if you understand... Uh, see if, if you can figure out why it is that I would consider this an ARG. <clears throat> Number 50. That's right, I'm going to run them and do it quick. Justified from 2010, 49th, The Americans, 2013, uh, 48th, The Haunting of Hill House from 2018, 47th, True Detective from 2014, uh, 46th, Happy Valley from 2014, 45th, The Shield from 2002, uh, 44th, is Twin Peaks from 1990, 43rd, uh, is Vikings from 2013, 42th, is Atlanta from 2016. Uh, let's see, 41 is Boardwalk Empire from 2010. Number four, 40 is The Bear from 2020. 39 is Hannibal from 2013. 38 is Mayor of Easttown from 2021. 37 is Deadwood from 2004. Uh, let's see, 36 is Line of Duty from uh, 2012. Number 35 is Lost from 2004. Number 34 is The Mandalorian from 2019. 33, When They See Us from 2019. 32, The Last of Us from 2023. 31, Peep Show from 2003. 39, Seinfeld from 1989. 20, uh, no, wait a minute, that's 30. 30 is Seinfeld from 1989. I don't know if I got the number right or not, so, no, I, I'm not, I can't go back and listen, so... <clears throat> 29, The Boys from 2019. 28, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia from 2005. 27 is Severance from 2022. 26 is Heartstopper from 2022. Uh, let's see, I'm having a hard time reading my writing. Uh, 25, Black Mirror from 2011. Let's see. Uh, 24, Mr. Robot from 2015. 23, Mindhunter from 2017. At 22, it's Narcos uh, from 2015. At 21, it's Mad Men from 2007. Uh, let's see. At 20, it's Freaks and Geeks from 1999. Uh, let's see. 19, Battlestar Galactica from 2004. Number 18, Succession from 2018. Uh, number 17, The Office from 2005. And uh, let's see. 16, Dark from 2017. Uh, 15 is Friends from 1995. Uh, 14 is House from 2004, 13 is Fargo, and that's from 2014, then the, at 12 is Fleabag from 2016, at number 11, The Twilight Zone from 1959, then there's, uh, let's see, uh, number 10, Peaky Blinders from 2013, number 9 is Sherlock from 2010, 
Number eight, Stranger Things from 2016. Number seven, Better Call Saul from 2015. Number six, Wire, The Wire, I'm sorry, from 2002. Uh, number five, Band of Brothers from 2001. Number four is Sopranos from 1999. Number three is Chernobyl from 19 uh, from 2019. Uh, then number two is Game of Thrones by from 2011. And at number one, the best show of uh, in television of all time, the best TV show for, of all time is Breaking Bad from 2008. Now I'm not going to make any kind of qualms about the the quality of these shows because I haven't seen all of them. Some of them are fine on the list, but I don't know, Stranger Things is a little high on the list. I mean, ranking higher than The Twilight Zone? Seriously? But what's my problem with this list? Did you catch it? Did you catch the problem with this list that was that was pulled together from many different sources that have rankings, like IMDb and uh, Rotten Tomatoes, both the critics' lists and the, the, the readers' numbers and others the other stuff i'll put the image up on the show notes page which you can get to by going to dimland.com and click on the show notes uh, uh blog and also uh um check out nostalgiazone.com that's where i'm recording the show go to nostalgiazone.com if you buy comic books become a member and save money and <laughs> buy comic books keep the store going but what's the problem i'll tell you what the problem is there are four shows from the 1990s on this list there are there's one show from from the 1980s. There are no shows from the 70s, no shows from the 60s, and only one show from the 1950s. I'm sorry. There's there's no I Love Lucy, The Honeymooners, Gunsmoke, Perry Mason. There's no Star Trek. None of the Star Trek series. Not Star Trek the original series. Not Star Trek the Next Generation. Or not Star Trek Deep Space Nine. There are a lot of Star Trek fans that think Deep Space Nine is the best as a television show that as as it as it goes but i i prefer i like that show too but i you know next generation that's not on the list there's no dick van dyke show how the hell can you not have the dick van dyke show on this list there's no mary tyler moore there's no adams family there's no there's no mission impossible where the hell is the bob newhart show all in the Family? Hello? Have we not... What, how does All in the Family not make the list of the best TV shows of all time? How does it not make the list? No Columbo? No Hill Street Blues? No Cheers? No West Wing? No Miami Vice? No X-Files? No Oz? No Simpsons? Seriously? How about this little show called M.A.S.H.? Ever hear of MASH? The show that still holds the single most watched episode you know, of television in, in the history of television with 106 million viewers to watch its season finale? MASH doesn't make the list? This, you could put this list out and say the, the top 50 shows of the last 25 years, you'd have to take off the, the Twilight Zone and you might have to take, well, let's see, would you have to take off uh, Seinfeld? Maybe not. I don't know. I'm not going to do the math. But that's more accurate. The, I, just, I saw this. It's a, what the? Who makes this list? And doesn't have a problem with it. It's like, I'm sorry. I mean, this is, this is akin to when you uh, when when uh, when Amy and I first started getting Netflix, when it was just the DVDs, and we'd look through, you know, the top 100 movies on DVD and, D and they're all within the last couple of years well yeah that's the people are interested in them that makes sense but for crying out loud no mash the hell's wrong with you people <laughs> who made this list no mash that's insane <sighs> okay I'm waiting here it is good night Good night, Frau Blucher. Okay, I've made it to the end of another show. Had a little rant there at the end, because, goddamn, where do you see that list? It's just, not that these shows are bad. It's just, I, how does the Twilight Zone not make the top five? Anyway, you've been listening to Dimland Radio. I'll let you know how Dad's doing. Remember to sleep with the lights off. I'll see you when I see you. Bye. No match. How could it be no match?
can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option, and you can email your questions and comments to drdim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song, Ram, is by Theolius and is used with permission. Production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks, thanks for tuning us in. Bonjour, Monsieur Dim. You are too clever for us naughty people. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Well, well, I'm going to hell. hell.